listeners, I have a big ask of you. Between the editing, reading chapters, revising those chapters into my own words, and distributing the podcast between seven platforms, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources to share three to four days a week. I'm beyond humbled and grateful for the listeners and sponsorships I've gained in just a short amount of time, and the many messages telling me that this podcast is used as a bedtime story, or that it just brightens your week up, has been such a compliment. I'd like to keep doing this for as long as I can, while bringing future specialized episodes and making my own stories from suggested themes from listeners like you. One way to accomplish this is by direct listener support. Your support will help the show to grow and reach many more fellow story lovers. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash B-U-N dash B-U-N. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash bun dash bun. You can contribute as little as 99 cents a month if you'd like. As always, thank you for listening to Bun Bun Storytime. Hello, and welcome to Bun Bun Storytime, a podcast where I tell stories to listeners. In today's episode, I'll continue on our Greek mythology series where I left off. Prepare to meet the manly man's manly god, Ares. So join me as I hop in. Ares, the manly man's manly man. Ares is that guy. The guy who stole your lunch money, who would tease you on the bus and tell you he was going to pay you to do his homework, except he wouldn't actually pay. The guy who broke other kids' bones in varsity football, but was still somehow popular because it's just so funny when he picks on the outcasts. If bullies, gangsters, and thugs prayed to a god, you best believe they'd pray to Ares. From the day he was born, he was trouble. He was the thorn in his parents' side. They tried in vain, but he never caused them nothing but shame. He left Olympus the day he cried. From the day he was born, all he wanted was rock and roll blood. And a motorbike Posing like a hunk He was a low-down, cheap little punk Taking everyone for a ride When Aries said he didn't like his teddy You knew he was a no-good god But when he threatened your life With a Kopesh knife What a guy makes you cry, Hera did So Zeus and Hera did what any normal parent would do if they had a problem child, 
They hired a nanny, a lady named Thero. I think she may have been a mountain nymph or something like that, because she was very tough and strong, and not really anything seemed to bother her. She took Ares to the land of Thrace, a harsh, rocky place just north of Greece, full of snow and jagged mountains and warlike tribes. The perfect spot for a baby combat god. As Ares grew older, he never cried for his bottle or binky. He screamed for blood. Early on, he learned to chuck rocks at birds and knock them out of the sky. He pulled the wings off insects to practice his fine motor skills. Meanwhile, Pharaoh sat on a rock nearby, yelling, Keep it down, you little delinquent! Oh yes, those were happy days. Eventually, Ares grew up and returned to Mount Olympus to take his rightful place on the Olympian Council. Of course, he became the god of war. And just a friendly warning, don't ask him if he's the dude from the game, or he'll rip your arm off and beat your head with it. He was the god of strength and manly courage, too. Which is kind of funny to me, since the few times he actually got into any one-on-one combat with any other god, he would run away screaming. And I mean, I guess that's pretty typical of bullies. Just all talk until they realize who they picked on is bigger and badder. But despite his occasional cowardice, Ares was not the guy you wanted to make angry. When he went into battle, he wore golden armor that burned with harsh light. His eyes were full of flames. And with his war helmet on, he was too scary for most mortals to look at, much less fight. His favorite weapon was his bronze spear. His shield was always dripping with blood and gore, because that's just the kind of friendly guy he was. When he didn't feel like walking, Ares rode a war chariot pulled by four fire-breathing horses. His twin sons, Phobos and Deimos, fear and panic, were his usual charioteers, holding the reins and amusing themselves by seeing how many people they could run over. Fifty points for hitting that line of archers! A hundred if you hit that old dude. So, you can see why Ares' sacred animal was the wild boar, which will charge at literally anything, is almost impossible to kill, and has a major attitude. One of his sacred birds was the vulture, since it feasted on corpses after battle. His favorite reptile was a venomous snake. In a lot of pictures, you'll see Ares holding one, or at least have one painted on its shield. Ares didn't have a sacred flower. Go figure. The Greeks didn't really worship Ares much. They felt the same way about him as his parents Zeus inherited. Just a part of the Olympian family, they had to tolerate him, and sometimes they even feared him. Sure, there were exceptions. The city of Sparta, oh, they loved Ares. Of course, They were the manly men of Greece who ate nails and steroids for breakfast. So, I guess that made sense. In the center of town, they had a statue of Ares all chained down. The theory was that if they kept Ares chained, he couldn't desert them. So the Spartans would always have courage and victory. Still, chaining down the god of war? That's pretty metal, dude. Think the god of war got away with war and murder all the time? (laughs) Not a chance. Sometimes Ares had to explain himself to the other gods. In fact, he was the defendant in the first 
and only Godly Murder Trial. The original pilot episode for Law and Order Olympus. See, it happened like this. There was this real jerk son of Poseidon named Halorotheus. Yo, just like his name, it should tell you that he's no good. Sounds like some sort of mouth disease. I'm just gonna call him Hal. Anyway, Hal lived in Athens and fell in love with this beautiful Athenian princess named Alcippe, who just happened to be the daughter of Ares. But Alcippe didn't want anything to do with him. Hal wouldn't give up. He followed her everywhere, stalked her, sabotaged her dates, and basically acted like a general creep. Then one night, Hal cornered Alcippe in an alleyway. When she tried to get away, he knocked her to the ground. She started screaming and kicking and yelling, Help! Finally, she thought to say, Dad! Ares! Help! That did the trick. Ares appeared in a flash and yanked the young man away from Alcippe. Mess with my daughter? Ares bellowed so loud he made the kid's cheeks flap from the force. Sorry, sir, Hal said. Please, don't hurt me. Oh, I won't hurt you, Ares promised. I'll kill you. The war god pulled a knife and turned Hal into demigod Swiss cheese. Then he slammed the kid to the ground, just for good measure. The scene was so gruesome, it was all anyone could talk about for weeks. All the mortal commentators were asking, Godly violence against mortals? Has it gone too far? And basically gave Mount Olympus some really, really bad press. Poseidon demanded that Ares be tried for murder against his son. Ares exploded. It was self-defense! Ares snorted. <laughs> self-defense? The poor boy surrendered to you. Then you stabbed him 600 times and stepped on his face. How is that self-defense? I was defending my daughter, Barnacle Beard. Your punk son was trying to force himself on her. Enough! Zeus snapped. We'll go to trial as requested. I'll be the judge, and the other gods will be the jury. They had the trial for Ares on a hill in Athens. Zeus made a big deal about calling witnesses and hearing the evidence. I'm not sure what would have happened if Ares had been convicted. Maybe thrown into Tartarus, or sentenced to a thousand years of community service. In the end, the gods decided Ares was innocent but definitely went a little overboard mangling Hal's body. But the guy had been harassing his daughter. I personally agree that Ares had the right to defend his daughter, but I still think Poseidon should have beaten the snot out of him, just because that would have been really awesome to watch. One final story about the war god, just because I want to end with something that makes him look like a loser, which really isn't that hard. One time, these two giant brothers named Otis and Ethelades decided that they were going to destroy the gods. The twin brothers were called the Alidae, which means crushers. Like most giants, they were, well, giant. They started ripping up mountains and piling them on top of each other, trying to make an assault tower so that they could destroy Mount Olympus, the same way Zeus destroyed Mount Othrys back in the old days. 
The gods looked down from their palace and saw the duo getting closer and closer to them. Finally, Zeus said, Someone should stop them. No one volunteered. This was shortly after that whole fiasco with Typhus, so all the gods were still a little shell-shocked. The idea of fighting two massive giants wasn't super appealing. Finally, Hera said, Ares, dear, you're the god of war. You should go fight them. <laughs> Me? Ares said in a squeaky voice. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously I could destroy them if I wanted to. But why not send Athena? She's a war goddess. Yeah, but see, I'm wise, Athena chimed in. Wise enough to make you do it instead. Ares cursed, but he couldn't argue with her logic. He got his armor on and jumped in his chariot and went barreling down the side of Mount Olympus, shouting and waving his spear. As Ares charged, the giants leapt to either side, yanked the ends of some super strong chains they had prepared to use as a trap for this very occasion, and made a trip line that Ares' horses just could not avoid. Horses went flying. The chariot exploded into a million pieces. Ares flew about a hundred yards, slammed into the ground, and would have broken his neck if he were mortal. While he was still dazed, the giants tied him up in their huge chains and carted him away. Oh, bummer. They've kidnapped Ares, Athena noted. Wow, what a shame, Poseidon yawned. Uh, I guess we should go help him, Hera said half-heartedly. Before any of the gods decided what to do, the Alodai disappeared into a faraway cave and stuffed him into a big bronze jar, where he suffocated for 13 long months. Ares tried numerous attempts to break the chains, but they were too strong for even him. He yelled and screamed, but he got weaker and weaker with no ambrosia to eat or nectar to drink. So he just whimpered in the jar and pled to be let out. Zeus couldn't be bothered to form a rescue mission. The Alodai kept sending ransom demands. Open your gates or we'll destroy your son. No, really, we mean it. Okay. Well, then how about a million drachmas worth of gold? Seriously? We'll hurt him. Oh, come on, we've got your son in a jar. Don't you want him back? The giants got no reply from Mount Olympus. Ares might have withered away to nothing, but the giants had a stepmother who was kind-hearted and took pity on Ares. Or maybe she just got tired of hearing him whining in the jar. One night, she crept out of the cave and found the messenger god Hermes. Aye, she said. I can show you where Ares is, and you can come get him if you'd like. Hermes wrinkled his nose. Do I have to? Well, if you don't, my stepsons are going to get really tired of trying to ransom him, and they're going to finish their tower and destroy Olympus. Hermes sighed. <sighs> I guess, but I'm going to complain the whole time. So Hermes rescued Ares. 
They flew back to Mount Olympus where the sight of Ares' sickly, pale, withered form made the other gods angry and ashamed. They may have all hated Ares, but nobody should be allowed to mistreat an Olympian. The gods all rallied and eventually managed to destroy the Alidai. As for Ares, he got back to his fighting weight and pretended like the incident never happened. But after that, he always had a soft spot for prisoners of war. Also, Ares developed a serious fear for jars. <laughs>